Welcome to issue number five of the Infinite Backlog, a chronological tour of the best and most noteworthy Marvel comics. I'm the International Andy, and with me are my three co-hosts today, the Sinister Shane. Hey, episode five of the Spider Dungeon. The Unworthy Rory. Oh, this is uh, this is the mean energy I was just complaining about. <laughs> and today we have the immortal Austin. Hello. Oh, hello. <laughs> Job, I'm sure. I'm Austin. <laughs> uh, thank you for being here. You're uh, you're sort of on loan from our other podcast. Is that right? Yes. Yes, that's right. <laughs> yes. And I know I know all the fans have been demanding an explanation as to why I'm not a regular uh, host on this show. Oh, interesting. I'd like to hear that, too. Do you do you want to finally tell us why you spurned us? Yeah, the answer is that I'm too busy. So uh, <laughs> too popular, too busy. I have too much of yeah. a life to read your nerdy comic <laughs> the flakes excuse. Dude, it is a lot of reading. I just got to say that. I can't so believe much you guys reading, are doing Austin. this. It's a lot. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You, you spread it out over a week, and it actually turns out okay. <laughs> it does, although I, I had a similar feeling as Austin, just kind of coming from reading more modern comics. Like, the 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 workload with those is they're more art-heavy, and you like them better. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> so these are just, more text-heavy, and they're worse. <laughs> they're text-heavy and worse. That was a little bit of an adjustment. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but no, I'm I'm really happy to be on board for this week. Uh really happy to help out and uh and take a look. We're 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 happy to have you, especially because uh back in time earlier this week we had Shane on our podcast over on SMT. Uh but we haven't even recorded that yet. So we're like crossing in time. We're going to record that episode tomorrow. Who even it's we're it's the, we're doing a little Doctor Doctor Strange time travel action. Yeah, this is the great <laughs> the great infi- infinite backlog. We've stepped on a time week. traveling floorboard and Wait, uh, wait, wait. I have a great idea. I have a great idea. Austin, can you tell the punchline of a joke that you don't know yet and then come up with the joke on the Saturday episode and then it'll actually air in the correct order? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um and she well, said, popcorn, those are creamed biscuits? Well, I <laughs> guess we're going to do it. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> no, Austin. The popcorn, continue. The popcorn was on sale. <laughs> now that popcorn was spicy. <laughs> Rory also has one, too. Uh, he's got several. So we'll have Rory come up with his own uh, setups as well. Because he's got so, so many. Can you believe the bloomers on that horse? <laughs> Okay, today's comics follow Doctor Strange, the Fantastic Four, Spider-Man, and the Avengers, and they take us from November 1964 through February 1965 with a little time-traveling jump back to March of 1964. That's right, I forgot an issue in our reading list, and I wanted to make sure that we read it, so this is maybe the first incarnation of a possibly repeating segment I like to call Andy Fucking Blew It. Andy Fucking Blew It. Yeah, uh, <laughs> we threw that uh, that Avengers issue in, uh, so we can, we'll talk about that today too. But uh, you're the new guy here, Austin. I'm going to toss it to you. Yeah. We, okay. What do you got? Uh, so first and foremost, I uh, really enjoyed most of these comics that we looked at, like ten comics, I think, is something like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, that we looked at today, um, and I really enjoyed this, uh, partially because I really enjoyed uh, looking at a like a vertical slice of, of 1964 comics. Like I liked imagining that if I had walked into the 1964 drugstore and kind of bought everything off the Marvel rack, like this is what I would have got, you know, like getting, 
you really kind of set yourself in the time period and feeling like you get the references that other comics are made. See in, in you know, <laughs> Strange Tales 126. I'm like, dude, I just read that. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's, it's cool. It's a really cool feeling. And like, I did a little bit of uh, a research, a little, a little bit of 1964 oh, Mr. Wikipedia. Mr. Overachiever here. Showing I know. Up on I was show. just curious because I was like, <laughs> what was going on right now? And, and this is like, this is like Beatlemania. Oh yeah, peak, peak, peak Beatlemania, man. <laughs> We're talking craziness with these with these four mop tops. Uh, you know. Uh, it was is cool. Uh, also, the height of uh, the American filmed musical. We're talking Sound of Music. We're talking uh, mm-hmm. uh, My Fair Lady and Mary Poppins. Yeah, that's right. All... That's right. My Fair Lady came out this year. I totally forgot uh-huh. about that. Yeah, yeah. This is so another segment a... where Rory gets left out, where the three of us talk about Broadway. Shane, you on board? Yeah, I'm totally on board. Except I hate the Sound of Music. <laughs> well, okay. Anyway, I just enjoyed situating myself chronologically in this time. It's, it's kind of cool, right? Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, we haven't we haven't specifically talked about this, but like in a while. But I want to I just want to remind people that if you're listening, like we have a, about 10, maybe 11 uh, different Marvel hero titles running at this time in 1964 into 65. But they are still going really hard on their like teen girl romance comic stuff. Their various cowboy comics like we've got Kid Cole <laughs> Outlaw and uh, Rawhide Kid and like all this other stuff that's like going on at the same time. So they like they're they're diving heavy into the superheroes and committing, but they have not let go of this other huge segment of their audience yet. I think maybe the cool the coolest place, you know, where all the cool kids want to start talking uh, is if we talk about that Avengers issue with Captain America. Yeah. Andy, um, why did you have to go back and include it? Why did you bone it so hard? <laughs> well, I boned it just because I forgot it, but uh, I'd been trying to include in our list the first appearances of major players in the in the Marvel scene, and it's technically not Captain America's first appearance, right? Because he's an old, old comics hero that they're bringing back, uh, but it is his first reappearance since they like relaunched uh, Marvel Comics and introduced the Fantastic Four and all that stuff. They're having him do that man at a time thing in this in this uh, this issue and wake up from the ice. And I just wanted to That's I wanted to get one. a pick at that because it's a it's yeah. a big you know it's a big event that kind of defines his character for the next I don't know sixty years. Well, it was crazy that like Captain America when he returns in this, it's been only twenty years. Yeah, yeah, and it it's still like, I mean it's it's perfect for for adaptation because that time period doesn't really matter. No matter what, he's out of time, mm-hmm. and so you know it works to bring that you know eighty years or whatever, but. Uh, it still is crazy that it was only two decades. Uh, and so, you know, him like, like two, wow, everything's two, different. Two decades is a lot in the, in the sense that like, I mean, obviously, but, you know, one decade ago doesn't feel that far displaced from where we are, you know? Mm-hmm. But you start, you know, two, two adds up. That's the year 2000, my friend. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah two de- two decades ago for us is, is, is pre 9-11 and I'm in middle school, right? So, yeah. wow. Yeah. You couldn't listen to the Joe Rogan podcast yet? (laughs) (laughs) All of his very good takes, all of his really (laughs) exciting guests that he gives platforms to. Um, Like Nazis? (laughs) (laughs) My my favorite thing about this issue is uh, is that they're yet again continuing to horn Rick Jones into the game. (laughs) Because... Because, like, super teen Rick Jones, who has no powers, no good traits, and who just hangs uh, around superheroes. You what? mean, y- excluding his alert teen brigade? 
Am I? Dude, his am incredible I, power of alert teens. <laughs> am I correct that since we met him, he's mostly showing up in these bigger annuals? Uh, no. So what he's been doing oh. is being Hulk's sidekick. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, oh, yeah, I knew that. I meant, you know, after besides the Hulk. Is he? Is yeah, this yeah, yeah. And at least in our reading list. He, I know he's, you know, bouncing around that, a little bit. Probably. Yeah, I think in these early days, he is a sort of semi-regular feature on the Avengers title. Like, it's like, you know, as if like five or six superheroes weren't enough. We also needed this teen. <laughs> but, you know, I think he is definitely like a, you know, a reader insert. Because, of course, this teen brigade is just constant, like, wish fulfillment. The idea that teens could be helping. And, the yeah, the teen, the teen team is... Uh... <laughs> Is like, uh, I don't know, I, I've never considered it, I mean, as a, like a sort of secondary, this little like tumor on a normal, you've got this whole thing and then you've also got their teen team. I've yeah. never considered it that big of a hint, but it shows up time and time again in all kinds of superhero content and it's yeah. ilk. I think it was interesting the way that they framed this comic. Um, almost felt like it was like they they knew ahead of time that this was going to be big. The way all of the uh, the narration, the way that Stan has kind of framed everything was like, we can't believe it. We're bringing Captain America back. It's huge. <laughs> it's, uh, this is one issue you don't want to miss. Wow, he's coming back. And it's like they knew this was. Well, you know, I, I want to give him credit for that, yeah, Austin. I, I, but the thing yeah. is, Andy's on the same page. <laughs> every comic. He's, he's hedging every bet like that. Every single comic. It's Everything. true. <laughs> like the Doctor Strange shit, like every other cover on Doctor Strange, he's like, you're going to want to hold on to this one. Dormammu. This is, is going to be a <laughs> fucking collectible. Your kids are going to be, their eyes are going to fall out of their head when they see that you have this it still does. when you're 30, it, 40, 50. This is landmark. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. There's actually, there's, I hate to say this, but there's something almost kind of Trumpian about it. That's like, it's the greatest, yeah. it's the best comic you've ever read. I can't uh -huh. believe nobody else is doing this. Nobody's done this. People are saying this is, you know, the best thing they've ever seen. Wow. <laughs> I mean, Stan kind of has that energy with this. Yeah, yeah, although we would have to say that Trump's got Stan Lee energy, which feels a lot worse. Yeah. Well, right. Yeah, it, yeah. it does. Yeah. Of it course, we're also does. recording this before the election. So, uh, best uh -oh. wishes on the <laughs> other side. Yeah, sorry uh, about that. I'm I'm assuming. I mean, I guess sorry for the 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 stress you've already gone through. I'm assuming we won, or you know, the internet would be down. <laughs> <laughs> we would just... <laughs> we'll have to burn here podcast for warmth. Yeah. <laughs> just the burn the, the, the podcast for warmth. <laughs> <laughs> they were the first non-essential things to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Podcasts. We had to eat our podcasts for food. Um, <laughs> Boil the pot. <laughs> leather. Shit. Anyway, Captain America's here, and he's here to stay. He's here forever. Right now, he doesn't have his own title. Uh, I think they give him. God, is it Tales of into like Tales of Suspense or something? At some point, they rename one of those Tales of just Captain America, and they give him his own title. But for now, he's just in Avengers, and I I like him. I like him as a character. They draw him very hot. I um, oh yes yes now we're getting into my territory of things to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> they take so much extra care with the way his face is sculpted. It's mm -hmm. crazy because ever I'm sorry I'm sorry to these comics. They all these people look like more like amorphous blobs, right? Like Generally. especially when especially when they're far away. When you see like 
Thor. And like wall-eyed and... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Thor in a panel, or if you see like like Namor in a panel, or any of these people, they have no facial definition. There's no facial structure at all. It is literally a flat mask face with some eyes thrown in and maybe some hatching. But mm-hmm. every single line of Captain America and every single strand of hair is just sculpted. Yeah. He's just, a beautiful, beautiful Aryan boy. He's like, what the fuck? He's got thickums. He's got thick. He's got thick uh, cheekbones. He's got them. He's yeah. got them nice. Those thickums are reserved for Bucky, I think, because that <laughs> I think he's got a big old man crush on that Bucky. And he's so sad. Oh, he's dead. yeah. Oh, Constantly my God. Talking about Buck. And that that hasn't changed. No, it hasn't changed. I get I get strong man crush vibes from uh, from Johnny Storm to Spider-Man. Oh, yeah. same, same. Oh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Johnny Storm's constant sort of rotating cast of beards. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Meet me at our spot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Hey, do we want to talk about Spider-Man? Somebody got some Spider-Man takes. Yeah. Really quick, I just, the 60-isms I started tracking um, that I was really fascinated by and kind of made me question, like, um, that I've heard in like Looney Tunes and things like that. <laughs> laughing boy is a, <laughs> is a line that I'm always questioning and they use it a lot. Like what's going on with laughing boy over here? And like, what is that? What does that know. mean? What is, is that, that a reference? Is, like a, is this a, is a, this a 60s meme? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Ooh, 60s I don't know, meme. but it's, it's not terribly descriptive. No. <laughs> <laughs> you, uh, you got me. You called me laughing boy. <laughs> Hang on, wait. I had to look it up because obviously I'm that person. It's a nickname for a morose or serious person. Really? Okay, so, so it's, it's a mocking ironic. thing. Yeah. It's a mocking oh. thing. Okay. So contextually, it's like, oh, hello, laughing boy. They were so good at insults. Everyone listening to our podcast, we could call laughing boy because they're sitting there just like frowning. And sad. Well, yeah, because they want to hear about more hot boys. <laughs> okay. Well. Okay. Well, I thought God we damn. were going to Spider Man. <laughs> let's go to Let's go to Spider Man. Take us to Spider Town and show us where all the meat is. <laughs> oh, I hate that. <laughs> One of the biggest standout things in Spider Man for me this week was the phrase "Spidey Booster." Where well, oh God, what context was that in? He, so that was he. Spider Man was talking about fl- about Flash. Oh, Flash. Yeah. Flash was still oh. a Spidey booster, even though everyone else like oh was yeah the booster club yeah him. yeah 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 and he's like <laughs> oh he's still he's still a Spidey booster I can't believe it I hate that guy yeah in 2020 we'd call them Spider stands but uh, but they're Spidey boosters and Flash is like the only one it's it's actually kind of uh, incredible the way that Flash remains faithful to Spider-Man <laughs> in the face of literally everyone in school thinking Spider-Man's awful. Oh, so my understanding of like the booster club was not that they were like, it's like maybe fans. I, I think of it as like the moms at the school raising money for the school, you know, that mm-hmm. sort of thing. Like, um, but this just seems like, yeah, like uh, some sort of, uh, some sort of club for enthusiastic boys. Yeah. I think it's a, <laughs> another 60 ism. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I really love the concept where Flash hates Peter Parker and loves Spider-Man. And yeah. with with Spider-Man being so like dependent on alter ego drama, I love that there are several characters that have these sort of polarities like J. Jonah Jameson, who like is somewhat fond of Peter at times. <laughs> yeah. 
and Jen, <laughs> and then just loathe Spider-Man and then the reverse with Flash Thompson. And so Peter is constantly in the state of like, oh, ah, 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 no matter what, he can't win with some people. And so that's that's really fun to see them keep playing off of that. Yeah. And and I like that they kept that Flash dynamic when they when they did the newer movies uh, with the like nerdy Flash that they have. Yeah. In Spider-Man oh, with Tony Revolori. Yeah. yeah the, the bellboy from. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. The Wes from Anderson movie. Grand Budapest Hotel. Yeah. It's. Yeah. Um, I just I love that dynamic. I love that they kept that per- that part of the dynamic, even when they made Flash kind of like an uber nerd instead of like a jock. <laughs> Look, nerds are the new jocks. They're the only people who bully people anymore. I mean, that's <laughs> that's accurate. Uh, I had a really good time uh, sort of trying to notice all of the editing mistakes this week across all the titles um, because in several occasions they call Mary Jane Watson's last name. Remember what we just said about nerds of the new bullies? (laughs) 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 Well, no, I just like they can't keep their names straight because Mary Jane Watson, they call her they call her family the Watkins. Oh, that's uh, right. Because they can't keep anything straight. At some point, Austin, you noticed a thing about a boulder. Oh yes, yes. Yeah. They said they were supposed to say huge boulder, but it wound up saying saying Hugh Boulder, H U G H, Hugh Boulder. My new favorite character, Hugh um, Boulder. I don't know <laughs> if mystery. this is uh, at this point. It's it's kind of hard to tell now if this is an, an editing mistake or just something that they have. Eventually, because we know this retcon was coming, um, but Slim Summers has been officially called Scott this week. Yes, yes, because the X-Men make a, like, well, not the X-Men, but uh, Xavier and Scott make a really brief appearance in Fantastic Four. Um, yeah, and then peace out as soon as Danger shows up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's expected of the X-Men. And there's yeah. a Oof. really shady line. I know we're popcorning a little bit, but we do meet Peter Parker and, and the university as well. Yeah. But these guys mm-hmm. are talking about Professor Xavier, and they're like, he's supposed to be smart. He never publishes anything, though. And this other guy is like, he sure does like those youngsters, though. Cool. <laughs> 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 oh, that is a real, that's a hairy yeah. phrasing, sir. Boys, the rumor mill, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I thought, actually, this was kind of a weak Spider Man week. Uh, do you, are you guys. With me I, on that, what are you thinking? I actually disagree. I actually really enjoyed the Spider-Man plotline of him not fighting anybody, trying to and and being um, conflicted about the reports that Spider-Man has become a, a coward, right? Because right. he's actually just trying, really busy trying to help Aunt May with her because she had surgery, and she's like trying to you know help her out and spend time with her and make sure. Uh, he doesn't, doesn't have a team, and he also doesn't have the freedom to just kind of, like, live his life as Johnny Storm. You know what I mean? Right, exactly. Right. Uh, yeah. And it's kind of funny that uh, people are so sort of flabbergasted. Like, I guess because we're supposed to remember that Spider-Man ran away from a fight when he was trying to do some alter ego juggling, which is, mm-hmm. I don't know, kind of annoying because we've read the whole thing like a farce, and now the whole city was, like, they're not in on the farce. <laughs> they're like, this motherfucker... <laughs> Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, there th- something rubbed me the wrong way at the beginning of the issue, too, because uh, we see this sort of like montage of all the villains being like, damn it. Why did Green Goblin have to be the one to beat yeah. Spider-Man? I wanted it. But then we see the the heroes like sort of repping some serious yeah. rich hero some privilege shade, because some, yeah, they're yeah. all they're all like, what the fuck is he doing running away? Like, 
Think for a second. This is like like obviously a teen who has a secret identity. Like clearly he's got to balance some shit. Like the idea that like they're all like, oh, why can't he? Why can't he fucking have it all? It's like, well, I'm sorry, I'm not a billionaire or a Norse god, but like, (laughs) (laughs) it's I don't know. It really pissed me off. It's interesting now to to, we we've always dealt with the drama of the alter ego, but I think. The the logistics when played for drama kind of works like, yeah, maybe sometimes you're too busy to go be Spider-Man full time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how the yeah. city kind of reacts to that rather than just like his own internal. Oh, I wish I could be Spider-Man, but this darn test. It's like the city's noticing. Where's our Spider-Man? Mm-hmm. And it was kind of cool. Yeah. 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 And it makes his return to form. That's a whole issue where yeah. where he like has that goes through that whole Battles, process. Yeah. And then it may gets better. And he's like, OK. Now I can be Spider-Man again. It's time to really like get back into action. And you're excited for that. You're like, yeah, he's got to he's got to show everybody he's back in town and it's great. Mm-hmm. And that that was like a nice dramatic return in the next issue. So I, I, I enjoyed that little arc. Yeah, I guess so. I, I, I can get on board with that. I, I felt like the, 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 the minute to minute action was kind of less interesting when it was That's happening. predictable, too, when you know he's going to become Spider-Man. But you... It, you yeah. always kind of know, like in a story like that, where somebody's having a crisis of faith, you know, they're not usually shattered at the end of the story. <laughs> <laughs> but it did. It did give me a really fun moment, though, where Spider-Man saves the Human Torch. He saves Johnny Storm from uh, just sort of like a tube he was stuck in. Yeah. And... They ca- oh, man. They lassoed him up. <laughs> yeah, because no. the Enforcers, well, man. <laughs> I love the Enforcers so the hard. Enforcers are silly as shit. Fucking Montana, <laughs> they they really upped Montana's Southern dialect in these yeah, in this, this issue. Yeah, Shane, how was the Montana character? <laughs> oh, it's it's like he was just dropped right from my hometown. No, <laughs> Good. that's I was not hoping... how we talk. What do you talk? No, we say <laughs> we say Warsh. That's the <laughs> only like weird thing we say. We say Crick and Warsh. I thought that you were sort of just constantly trying to to hide the fact that you have a cowboy accent. <laughs> that you, <laughs> Shane's just living in fear. Hat. <laughs> <laughs> when the moon is full, <laughs> it was it was fun. There there were these I I thought fairly suggestive or erotic couple of panels about the Human Torch. Yes, with Sandman doing a sex on Johnny Storm. <laughs> Um, and then and then they keep him in this tube that is deprived of almost all oxygen which keeps him kind of fey and lithe like he's always draped over himself (laughs) (laughs) just enough some kind of lobo m writer (laughs) yeah (laughs) well and then what's great i loved this moment when they get out of the tube and they beat off the enforcers i didn't mean to say it that way but you can take it they uh th- like as a as a side effect of how they they win the fight uh both Spidey and Torch get covered in Spider-Man's web and Torch is like <laughs> what how do we and he's like well uh we just kind of got to wait for it to melt so they're just covered in his goo we... and just standing <laughs> yeah. around. It's I pretty funny. Just wait. Um, also, yeah. we should mention when Sandman does the sex, the aforementioned sexual Sandman <laughs> it's, act. It's very missionary. It's uh, very missionary, <laughs> and he's absorbed Johnny Storm into the sand. Yeah. 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 Is that a yeah. wall of shame panel? Is that. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't think so. Lo- Shane no? has to tell yeah, us if it's. That's definitely not a wall of shame panel. <laughs> I'm just learning. I'm trying to learn here. Yeah. Uh, 
I I want to I want to before we leave Spider Man I want to just at least talk for a second about how wild it is that J Jonah Jameson pays twenty thousand dollars to make a new super <laughs> to make the Scorpion. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's fucked up, man. Yeah, <laughs> he creates a Scorpion. Um, he turns a, a nasty goon, Matt Gargan, who was working for him, and then he sees some scientist has like has been making animal powers and like hmm. hmm. Also, it was kind of a lame reveal. So. Because we were teased with this character who's following around Peter Parker, um, mm-hmm. and it, in, uh, under the sort of directions of a of a you know businessman from the shadows, who we have semi met. There's uh, who uh, I don't know if it's going to be revealed to be Norman Osborn, the Green Goblin. Well, I thought it was. I thought it was no, literally it was revealed to be J. Jonah Jameson. Jameson. Yeah, it was I know. Just no, no, no. Fo- follow me here. There is okay. Green Goblin. They've also been teasing an identity of like a guy in the shadows. In a yes, suit. they have. And to reveal that it was just J. Jonah Jameson trying to figure out how Peter Parker gets his sweet picks was a bit of a lame, lame duck. It was a letdown. Yeah, well, I did not enjoy it, it. Is it like lame and a letdown now because we we know the identities of the people with like kind of our knowledge of how everything plays no, out? No, because even that... though we don't, because we don't actually know Norman Osborn in the framing of this story. We just know Green Goblin has an identity that they're keeping from us, right? Yeah, yeah, but if if you were if you were reading it and you didn't know eventually that Norman o- that Norman Osborn was going to show up, you would be like, "Oh man, maybe oh, it was, was J. this Jones guy the Green Goblin?" That's a good yeah, point. Exactly. The, I, that is an interesting yeah. possible misreading somebody could yeah. have. Yeah, I still I still think it's a little shady to have two businessmen in hats in the shadows sending goons. <laughs> like, sure. we can't do we can't do two at once. Well, and then and they'll then, add Kingpin to the mix too. Oh God, when Kingpin shows Eventually. up, we're gonna we're gonna be doing at least one Kingpin story. I know that we have one on the list. Nice. I'm very excited. Nice. Uh, watch the movie Kingpin uh, for uh, uh, well, research. No, I don't know. I don't know that no? that's a good idea. Uh, okay. <laughs> but at the end of the the, the Scorpion fight, it's so it's so funny. It's my favorite line of dialogue from the whole week. Uh, when he he like does this, he fights Spider Man for the first time, and they're fighting for a second, and then Spider Man shoots web at him, and he th- he says, "Ah, his spider's webbing. The one thing I didn't prepare myself for. It's his strongest <laughs> single weapon. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> you didn't prepare yourself for his strongest single weapon. Dumb, dumb, dumb. <laughs> oh, you know, actually, I have I have one more Spider Man thing that we should talk about. Okay, uh, Mr. Ned Leeds uh, is incredible. Yeah, yeah. He's an incredibly positive. He's nothing like Flash or Peter Parker. Yep. He's like super nice and helpful and friendly, and is not at all jealous or threatened. And uh, right, because he's he's dating Betty Brant. We should say that he's now yeah. dating Betty Brant, um, and he's a reporter. And seeing Betty like still kind of not on board, not fully on board, was heartbreaking. Like, don't go back to the the psychopath Peter Parker. yeah don't do it ned seems really dope and very secure (laughs) and like a stable match for you yeah well and in in far from home ned and betty are i believe are dating as well yeah that's uh, true which is fun Mm -hmm. but yeah it was cool to see ned in this um yeah i also it was really silly the way they explain scorpion's powers yeah where that he has the strength of a scorpion and (laughs) And uh, with they didn't even use time, the word proportional like they're so horny about no, doing with, with Spider-Man. The proportional no strength of a spider. 
Yeah. 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 And then his evil nature is taking over. Like the evil nature of the scorpion is. Yeah. This, this fucking scientist does a couple tests in a tube and is like, ah, based on my tests, it seems that his evil's just going to get stronger. Like, what are you doing in a test tube? How do you don't measure you evil? <laughs> I don't know. Is he, is, are they trying to invoke the, the scorpion and the frog? It's pretty lame. It's a, it's really lame. And his, um, that they say that, oh, the pinchers of the scorpion the are very strong, scorpion. so that his hands are good at, <laughs> at gripping, I guess. His hands are made, <laughs> his hands are made for squeezing. He's got um, them good squeezers. Also, oh, he, so he sort of, he rationalizes that, you know, Spider-Man's got the strength of a spider and he's got the strength of a scorpion. And scorpions are better than spiders. <laughs> <laughs> there's, a, there's a couple moments like that, too, right? Because when I was talking earlier about how all the heroes, we, we saw all the heroes sort of complaining about Spider-Man. We, we see the wasp being a member of the Avengers, right? And oh, she yeah. Says, Wasps hate Wasps spiders. and spiders are natural enemies. So I can't honestly say I'm sorry for him. It's like, you're not literally a fucking wasp. <laughs> you're, not, you're, you're, you're not actually a, you're a human. You, you don't have to RP this. Yeah. Uh, also... <laughs> There's another panel. We we've we've thrown a wrench in the proportional strength of a spider. Uh, oh yeah. Now now he's there. Now he maybe has the strength of one thousand regular spiders, which I'm not sure <laughs> if that's better or worse. They're both so they're both so completely un like, unapproachable. <laughs> we yeah. have no frame How of do reference. You quantify for this? that. Yeah. <laughs> I have the power of one thousand normal spiders. <laughs> <laughs> So here's here's another uh, segment that's about to die this week. Uh, we haven't really called it a segment, but it basically is one. Uh, it's called "Let's Check In on That Snooze Fest Doctor Strange." Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Does any I, here's here's an open God. question to the room? Does anyone have a single thing to say about Doctor Strange? Wait, let me check my yes. notes because I do, yeah. I do actually. Okay, I didn't hate God. the uh, the two part Dormammu part uh, one, but otherwise okay. it's kind of business as usual for Doctor Strange. Interesting. I had the opposite reaction. I thought the Dormammu was kind of a snooze, and I like it. The is other kind stuff. of a snooze, but you have to remember we've been reading that other stuff pretty much carbon copied for you know five weeks. Yeah. I see, I don't remember that because I'm, <laughs> well, I'm new here. I'm new in town. <laughs> so okay, so what did you like about the Dormammu two-parter? I mean, nothing really, other than like <laughs> I, what I liked was that it was uh, a slight break from format. It's two-parter, yeah. um, mm-hmm. and it. I I also liked that the finale of it had a slightly different energy because um, you know the master says that at his prime he could not beat Dormammu. And ultimately, neither could Doctor Strange. Uh, yeah. He saves him, and Dormammu is now sworn to sworn to a Wookiee life debt. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, because Dormammu is protecting his own people in his yeah, own that's dimension. The, that's the one wrinkle I thought was slightly interesting. Was like we, yeah. we keep en- entering these nebulous, weird dimensions, like the purple dimension we keep fucking talking about week to week. <laughs> but like this time, this other dimension has people in it that are living lives. And that's kind of interesting, right? Like there's the sexy lady that he meets who, uh, yeah, the who hot babe. Sort of pre- yeah. We, we never learn her name, but she presents Dr. Strange with kind of a moral dilemma where she's like, don't kill Dormammu. He's the only thing keeping all of us safe from the, uh, what are they called? The, the mindless ones. Yeah. The mindless ones. And it's like, mm-hmm. okay, th- that's, it's not terribly complex, but at least it's an extra wrinkle on one of these stories. Like it's, it's like one yeah. more layer that I thought was. Kind yeah. Of fun. I think the trouble that might be dealing the happening with Dr. Strange here is that they are like half issues 
in Strange yeah. Tales. Mm-hmm. So there's only you don't get like a full issue to do anything interesting. Right. They have to kind of be no, these like but, but mini the thing episodes. Is, yeah. What what constantly happens is a slightly interesting premise, like something that kind of is a neat idea, and then the next 11 pages or 12 pages, however long it is, Doctor Strange flies around as a ghost for a while, talks to a bad guy, and then the amulet, you know, solves the solves the day, saves the day. Uh-huh. And they just throw spells at each other. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they they beam I, fights. They don't have the yes. confidence to do a long serialized story in a way that could actually let them tell something interesting. They're I think yeah. they have to run under the assumption that anyone's issue of strange tales is their first issue of strange tales, and that's really handicapping handicapping them. Yeah, I do like that they are bringing these elements back in that they are reusing. They're not just all these one off, you know, he might just come up with, you know, by the purple pillars of Plumpagon or, you know, but he's bringing back the crimson bands of Cedarac, you know, yeah. and he's like, yeah. these we things did meet keep the coming. Cake. And so in your mind, you're like, oh, I know those. Yes. Yeah. Oh, he's using the crimson bands again. I remember when <laughs> you know uh, Dormammu got him with the crimson bands and all. Oh, you and know, I, couldn't, or I couldn't even believe it when the demon also could use the crimson bands of Sidorak. I wonder what that means. They probably didn't think about it in the writing room. They just did it, and who cares? Yeah. But like, but it's the, cool. You know, it's cool the, to have a, a magic of, system. It's a tip of an ice iceberg that you aren't actually sure anyone made the bottom of. But, yeah. you know, it like hints at that there is an iceberg and maybe mm-hmm. they'll fill it in one day. And that that is kind yeah. of fun. And he does get his new cape uh, at the yes. end of the Dormammu the stuff. Of, the right? cape of levitation, uh, the one that we know yeah. and love who, that can move out, move around on its own and has a little personality. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that that is kind of fun. Uh, there was also a cool element in the uh, one of the following issues after Dormammu where the follower of the demon comes up to strange and is like, you got to help me. The demon's real bad. And then he gets like disappeared and his clothes fall down. But strange (laughs) is able to animate his clothes and watch them walk back to where they came from. Yeah. Uh, Is this like this like object memory or, you know, this like lingering memory of the, and, and he uses that to find the demon sanctum, which I thought was like a really cool, very Dr. Strangey, yeah. Um, yeah. Kind of thing that I was really into. Well, I mean, along those lines, it, it kind of goes hand in hand with what Austin was just talking about, where <clears throat> once again, I, I I feel like this series, the Doctor Strange stuff excels in the artwork. Like mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. the way the way the clothing is animated and drawn and inked to look like it's it's empty and moving and the wrinkles are falling correctly. And like it looks like cloth on the page. Right. Mm-hmm. I I feel like if the writing was better or if they had enough time to do it, like Dr. Strange would be my favorite thing to read. Yeah. I don't disagree. The art is, is always fun. Cause, and the, you know, especially with the Dr. Strange setup, they can kind of do anything forever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and there is like swirly hair girl and like swirly hair girl is one of the most beautiful characters we've seen in the last yeah. few weeks. Absolutely. Just amazing. Her hair like there is also... swirls around like, like four big Ram's horns. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. There is also a cool plot element where Doctor Strange is apparently trapped in, I believe, the Crimson Bands in like a little crystal. And mm-hmm. then he decides to just astral project out of his prison and then read some books on the shelf on how to beat <laughs> the guy he's currently fighting. <laughs> yeah. And then comes back he's and like, like whoops his out. ass. <laughs> Hold on. I want to go to the library real quick. I got to study for, the, for, the, for this yeah. fight. <laughs> it's really funny. I really love that. Of course, then again, it. After that, it devolves into, you know, 10 yeah. pages of spell yeah, nonsense. Yeah, you know, but- so, something that kind of 
there's a there's a hint of interest where half the time he meets these bad guys in the astral projection or the astral plane where they can't uh they can't you know hurt each other and that is at surface level interesting but almost always correct me if i'm wrong the plot becomes a race back to your body so you can ice the other guy. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's still yeah. kind of the same thing. I think, I don't know. This isn't real. I just think it'd be funny if, like, they really wanted to use the astral projection thing because it's always, like, black and white and they don't have to color in. They don't have to pay for the color. <laughs> uh, okay. I the, the, the one final thought that I have on Doctor Strange before I make a little tiny announcement that we all know is coming. The thing that I've liked about him is that, and it's reinforced in the final issue that we read, uh, he doesn't want the glory. And I think that makes him not totally different from everyone else we're reading, but like different enough because I feel like every other hero at least kind of likes the recognition. Yeah, even they, if they, it, would say, they would say it's not about the glory, but they're clearly like public personas out there. Yeah. Like, where people can see them and adore them. They're not fighting they're not fighting the good fight from behind the scenes as uh, Doctor Strange mm-hmm. is. Right. Yeah, and Doctor Strange... Strange has the weight of responsibility. Yeah. More so in, in in the cosmic sense, right? Not mm-hmm. not in the like personal sense like Peter Parker, but the weight of responsibility of like knowing the great unknowable horrors of the cosmos <laughs> kind of rely yeah. on him. Yeah, and it's cool. It's cool to see at the end of the the final issue that we read, uh, a bunch of like TV people have like sort of gotten definitive proof that he's a real ass wizard, and he makes them all forget it because he's like, <laughs> you know what? It's kind of shitty if people know because then they're just gonna keep asking questions, and it's safer if nobody knows anything about they this. Keep shit. asking me wizard questions, and I'm. Just <laughs> <sick of it>. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's cool. It it goes it goes hand in hand with that with like. He he has a huge responsibility. He is a little famous because doing what he does, like people are gonna find out about him. But he is actively trying to prevent fame from happening, and yeah, I think also, that's really cool. Also, I love that he doesn't like change to go to the store. You know, like he's always on. <laughs> you know, yeah. there's not really like business casual Doctor Strange. Like he's always like in the grow flowing cape in the eye of Zagundu. You know, he's always doing that. Here's your twenty dollars. <laughs> like, well, it, oh my well God. that's like that's like fucking from Venture Brothers, right? It's Doctor Orpheus, yeah. right? Like that, yeah, that yeah, character totally, who yeah. they they specifically put that character in normal situations where he's like, I wouldn't be so hasty to enter that room. I had Taco Bell for lunch. Like, <laughs> you know, like Oh my God, take it down, Doc. <laughs> uh, but my, my little announcement is that this is the last issue of Doctor Strange we're reading for a while. We're uh, we're no. firing it. We're firing it. It doesn't give us enough juice every week, and uh, we've reached the end of of at least this chunk of Doctor we've Strange. Got, we've so rarely got something new to say on it. It's nice when we've got a guest, and uh, I'm happy to poke my head back in in the future and see what's changed. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. I think I'll, I'll try and I'll try and identify a couple spots to do that. But for the meantime, let's talk about our final friends, the uh, the new the new sort of regular here on our podcast now for the next little while. Fantastic Four is going week to week. What do you think? I love the Fantastic Four. Oh um, I really like their team dynamic. And mm-hmm. uh, I guess we didn't say before, like what my Marvel experience That's true. is. That's true. Um, I I've read a lot. I read a lot of comics. Um in kind of around the Civil War era, uh, not like 1840, you know, like the Marvel <laughs> Civil War era, like 2000, 
2005 to 2007, sort of pre-Iron Man mid- Dearest Loretta, I send you this issue of Spider-Man from the front lines. Keep it safe for me until I come home. When they shoot Captain America, a true war of brothers. Did your uh, your Civil War captain sort of morph into Elvis there? (laughs) No. No. I think it Yes. Um, Make sure you send uh, some of those peanut butter money. Keep my records safe. (laughs) (laughs) Don't teach anybody the jitterbug. (laughs) So so you you read Um, read a lot of stuff around the Civil War. Yeah, yeah. Civil War and then like pre-Iron Man movie um, Mm -hmm. reading. Yeah, a lot of comics. And I was, I considered myself pretty up on, on Marvel for the last, for like, Basically until about 2015, I was reading comics pretty regularly, but mostly switching over to the like the lo-fi like Hawkeyes and Miss Marvels. Yeah, um, me and Austin overlapped there for a while. Yeah, the ones that are kind of like about somebody who's like just hanging out in the city, like dealing with daily problems. <laughs> yeah. uh, like there's a s- and so, solid three or four years me and Austin were going, not together usually, but going to the comic book store every week, doing that mm-hmm. whole thing. Yeah, because we yeah. are not gay. No, it's, it's, only, it's only gay if you do it at the same time, Shane. Um, no, I just want yeah, to clarify. It's like gay proposal. <laughs> Would you uh, go to the comic so, store book, book, comic book store with me forever? <laughs> uh, I, I guess the point is that I, I did read some Fantastic Four, um, and I enjoyed Fantastic Four a bit. Um, but this version of the Fantastic Four is so much livelier than what I was reading later. Yeah. I feel like the Fantastic Four, the Fant Four Stick, I guess, as the movie um, <laughs> yeah. would tell us to say, um, became so dry. And Reed became this like really sort of like jerk. sociopathic. But he is jerk. kind of he's kind of a monster. Just in a, these ones a too. dour man in his tower. Yeah. Like, yeah, just doing science and not really taking care of anything. My mm-hmm. my speculation for um, comics like Fantastic Four was sometime in the seventies or eighties. Just as social progress continues to to morph, it it started to lose teeth. It's not really any. Mm-hmm. It's not a biting commentary anymore. And not that it's really ever. It's not on the nose that this is about mm-hmm. like you know minority celebrity and, and that whole thing but it's clearly like in the, in its bones the fantastic mm-hmm. four are these beloved characters who are for some reason different than the spider-mans and the hulks who are hated even you know yeah mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah and there's well, that angle that's not super prevalent all the time but like ben Grimm is also sort of a secret jew like like of course you know what of I mean? course like, that's that's the whole secret identity thing is is you know is that you know um mm-hmm. that same thing and this is all, you know, sort of you were dealing with the difference between passing and not passing. Yeah. Yeah. Ben uh, I just I really enjoyed 60s Fantastic Four's um, just unabashed goofiness. And yeah, they have a, lot of a fun. good goofy crew together. Reed is like always being the wildest figures and like stretching himself. <laughs> oh, in my the God. Silliest ways. That was actually kind of new this week that they were really up in the silly. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was new because uh, you know we've seen him stretch out a lot, but like he normally keeps his usual proportions. Yeah, uh, nothing like, like the the the, the, the horrifyingly <laughs> stretched manta ray with kangaroo pouch that he carries all of his friends in, <laughs> or when he made himself into a rocket ship. That was this week, right? Or was it last week? I don't remember. When he, uh, that when was, he, like, that was coi- this week, and he, was he, he had a parachute. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he turns. Uh, he into, turns, We've seen the parachute before. I he think. does like a he does like a spring. spring? Like he springs oh, like looks kind of like a poop emoji. 
Uh, <laughs> he, at one point, he even bends his legs into circles like wheels and zooms across the ground. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the he's wheels. a Segway. The wheels. He's Dr. So Segway. <laughs> yeah. So I really, I really dug the vibe um, mm-hmm. that these guys have in the 60s. Um, yeah. And Ben, God, I know you've talked about Ben Grimm before. He's so and good, and I'll never stop talking about dialogue. Him. I love his dialogue. So many lines. Every issue had like a, just a, a, a killer good. Ben Grimm line. Yeah. Um, yeah. There, I want to call out one that I really loved was, um, I'm paraphrasing, but, but Reed had told Ben just to get the fantastic car. And <laughs> Ben is like, one of these days you're going to get something yourself <laughs> and I'm going to die of shock. <laughs> something, it's like, <laughs> so, so my favorite. <laughs> Okay, my my favorite Ben Grimm line, I want to talk about this issue. This is the issue I think is the most interesting. It's the one with Gregory Hungerford Gideon. Uh, <laughs> oh, and yeah. yep. I, I have to tell you, this is the best introduction to a character I've ever seen. Because the first panel is a big most of the page panel uh, of Mr. Gideon in his office with a bunch of buzzing attendants running around doing business. And uh, he's on the phone with a bank. Explaining that he can't lend them any more money. money. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, first of all, like, we're told he's a billionaire, and then he's like, no, "Sorry, banks. Sorry, all banks. I can't give you any more money." And then yeah. there's these guys carrying huge sacks of dollar bills away, and they go, "Well, we got to take this billion dollars back to the mint, boys." Mr. Gideon only wanted new bills. <laughs> it's such a fucking five year old's version of what rich is, and I I yeah. love it to death. It's so uh-huh. good. It's so uh, funny. Yeah. Oh god, but he's he's bald and at the beginning of the issue uh the thing has been mailed from the Yancey Street gang a beetle wig. Uh okay. I guess it's just like a funny prank like ha 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 you're a rock man and you're bald now here's some hair. But at the very end, everyone's doing businessy stuff. They're all like, like Gideon, has, you know, they've trounced <laughs> yes. Gideon. And in the corner of a panel, there's a little thought bubble of Ben Grimm going, oh, I wonder how that cornball would look in my beetle wig. So it was such a fucking piece of candy for me to chew on at the oh, end of that. There's, I know. There's, there's something so deeply unsatisfying about the Fantastic Four and issues like this, though. And, what, and this is not the first time they've done it where... These guys are so kind of by the book. The rules are the rules. Uh, they're they're not at all about vigilante justice. And so often we get to the end of an issue and they have to be like, well, there's nothing against the law saying you can't, you know, try to buy. You can't try to buy everything. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we have to well, let them the go. The status quo has been upheld. <laughs> yeah. The property is safe. Yeah, it's kind of a fantasy ending for the Gideon issue, too, because yeah. Gideon is this horrible Bezos billionaire who tries he to buy everything, Bezos. but he's got like a sweet little daddy's boy son, <laughs> little <laughs> Gideon. A little daddy's boy. Yeah, absolutely, though. He's like, mm, my daddykins, I love him so much. Oh, gosh. <laughs> he morphs into a real daddy's boy's daddy at the end of the issue. Yes. Sort of on the drop he, of a hat. He almost gets uh, like evaporated into time. Because Gideon has installed time traveling floorboards in the Fantastic Four's <laughs> building. Um, that There's nothing the like, rules saying you can't. Put them right. <laughs> <laughs> these like these these floors that have temporal displacement abilities, yeah, and as soon yeah. as they step on them, they're going to get lost in time forever. And of course, their Fantastic Four loving little Gideon, um, Daddy's boy, runns up. Um, little Gideon. I'm Lil Gideon. Lil Gideon. <laughs> uh, and he 
almost, you know, gets blasted back in time and, and big Gideon, the dad is like, no, my son. Oh, I immediately have learned the error of my ways. I'm going to just like renounce all money. Oh my gosh, you guys, I was so God, my billions are going to charity. Yeah. So this was an odd thing that they just threw out there because they sort of spent the whole time building up how incalculable his wealth is and how, how just far beyond the concept of money he even is. (laughs) <laughs> and I'm just like, did he just solve world hunger? Is that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're supposed to believe this guy has more money than like money can be, uh, you know, approximated. He's bailing out banks personally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I'm I'm enjoying Fantastic Four as well. Uh, you have to yes. sort of take it with the sexism grain of salt that it has constantly. Yeah. 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 Uh, there's some pretty, some pretty gross stuff that happens. Last week was, was nasty. This week, I don't, was there, there was a, like a female line. Oh yeah. With his wife, Gideon and his wife was real rough. Oh yeah. That's yeah. right. That was the one that well, was. I'm still yeah. his wife. So I, I'm sticking <laughs> around, I guess. Honor bound to this man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I do want to throw out a few other notes. Some, some of the other issues, uh, the, um, there's one where they find a deep sea monster and they go under underwater, deep yeah, underwater, and uh, deal with Namor and his like battle with Atuma, and yes. who uses the globules of darkness against <laughs> Namor. What are these globes? Um, How dare you throw globes <laughs> upon Namor? <laughs> yeah. Atuma is hilarious because Atuma just has endless tricks up his sleeve every time. And yeah. it's even funny and, and when it's Atuma, underwater. Atuma is kind of like a he's a he's like an exiled Atlantean. It's not I'm not sure whether yeah. or not he's actually Atlantean or not. But he's basically they're just a rival faction down under the ocean trying to destroy the Atlanteans. And right. and it, right. it is a really fun foil for Namor, a character with no chill and no sense of humor. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He was at one point going to fire a neutro nuclear dissolvo bomb. Uh, <laughs> underwater and that got got uh, foiled by the Fantastic 4. Um, also the thing that kicks it off, Ben Grimm, they see this, this weird dragon monster under the water and Ben says, you should file it under N for nutty monsters. (laughs) (laughs) One thing from this issue, I, I, I hate to be the, you know, the, the plot hole police. I just, it was so annoying. It's not really a plot hole, but like Reed has invented this, uh, this ooze that you can slather on your skin to breathe underwater. The The oxo spray. The oxygen spray. And, uh. It only lasts for two hours, and they take it 90 minutes away from the ocean. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and I thought it was so unreasonable for Johnny Storm to be flaming on down there. He's like, oh, I can uh, even use my flame powers. It's like, dude, that's going to use up all the oxygen. That's not like normal breathing. That's like, oh, whatever. And then it never comes up. Like, it's fine that he did it. So whatever. Well, no, he runs out of air because he's a little younger. For some reason, they have a line about like, <laughs> they're ah, like hamsters, they're a little his older heart than beats me, so. faster. <laughs> what? His growing uh, boy lungs were just sucking yeah. up all that oxygen. If yeah. there's one good thing that came out of that issue, I mean, there's several, but my favorite thing that came out of that issue is that at the end, we learn that Johnny Storm has a really fun nickname for Namor the Submariner, which is that he calls him Subby. <laughs> What about, what about, it's a when, sex uh, thing. You're right. It is a sex thing. <laughs> Uh, I still love the panel where where Ben Grimm shoves his face in the fish tank to see if the <laughs> see the if the spray ooze works. works. The yeah. spray works. Hey, it oh works. <laughs> 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 uh, 
Um, Fuck. Did you guys also love the underwater catapults that they used? Those yeah, nice. those were fun. Yes. Those were fun. They're, oh, they're water. <laughs> just a belligerent refusal of yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, I don't know. It's a it's a it's a wild title. I I think what I like about it the most is that it has kind of a an uncomplication to it right now mm-hmm. that makes it kind of appealing in, in a way that Spider-Man doesn't. Right. Because Spider-Man is like constantly angst because he has yeah. so <laughs> many personal problems, so many personal problems, so many girlfriends. Yeah. Too many girlfriends, too many girlfriends and Fantastic Four. Two of them are in a committed relationship, and admittedly, whenever Namor shows up, it's always a problem because Reed has such a fucking complex about Namor. But yeah, well, the other because two... he's because he's smooth and chiseled and has got a head like the top of a penis. <laughs> <laughs> and he yeah, kind of but... looks like uh, post plastic surgery Michael Jackson. That little <laughs> nose, that little yeah. triangle nose. Oh, yeah, worst. but two of them are just like dating and it's great and they're engaged and whatever and the other two just like to roughhouse a lot and then they go fight crime and it's kind of <laughs> like uh-huh. a lot. <laughs> it's just i don't know there's something appealing about that I and, all and at the end at the end of the last issue we read 35 um stew a uh, stew sue and richard uh realize that their love is stronger than potions um <laughs> yes <laughs> Because we had uh, we had the return of of the potion Diablo, the Diablo, the potion man who loves his potions. You shouldn't have buried me with my potion herbs. Potion seller, <laughs> give me your strongest potions. My strongest potions will kill a dragon. Uh, <laughs> dude, Dragon Man was something else too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a dragon so on college. It's, it's funny college campus we, dragon. We have this this. Uh, Totally other potion villain, uh, besides um I was Craven. Oh yeah, that's right. It was Craven got his powers from a witch doctor from stealing stealing the potions from a witch doctor. Um <laughs> they love potions in the sixties. well that's <laughs> the funny thing is like they spent this whole like annual uh building up Doctor Doom's uh backstory where he was, you know, the son of this gypsy medicine man and they were sort of expecting him to be magic and dealing with real life racism. With like, if you can't cure him, I will know you're a, you know, gypsy charlatan, right? Mm-hmm. And then they have so much real magic potions that are just in this show. <laughs> <laughs> or in this show, in this, in this like universe. Yeah. It's kind of wild. That do anything. Yeah, they just do anything. <laughs> you give can, light yeah. into d- dragon statues. <laughs> yeah. It's, can it's, you imagine it's so, a it's real really university professor being, he's got this chunk of space metal. <laughs> I'm in, and his his grand scientific experiment is to make a dragon statue, <laughs> and then it's oh, like a fourteen year old nerd with a pewter dragon. <laughs> yeah, this is just this is just the the deviant art of sixty sculpture. Uh, oh my god. god. And then this spooky dude walks in and says, I've got a lot of potions. And he's like, yeah, fucking slather my, my dude up with those potions, baby. I'm a scientist, but like, let's just see what happens. Let's roll the dice. I'm a scientist, but this is, but when, when, when you know, when in dragon times, potion me up, father. <laughs> also, also, they found Diablo, Diablo like resurrected himself in Transylvania. And yet the people talking are like Hans and, and Helmut or whatever. And uh-huh. it's like. <laughs> Transylvania is in Romania. It's not Germany. Yeah. Transylvania is not Germany. It's it's <laughs> this German version of Transylvania that uh is a strange strange pick. Trans- Transylvania. 
Yeah, everywhere we've been has been kind of a Germany, Belgium sort of Europe. That's where that's all Europe yeah. in, in the sixties. <laughs> hey Shane, I I feel yes. like I feel like we haven't heard from you a ton today. Are you sitting on a fuck Mary kill for us though? On a juicy, I... on a juicy moral quandary. I I am, and actually I I themed it a little bit around what I assumed Austin would enjoy from this week. Oh, good. Um, and I think I nailed it because he actually talked about some colloquialisms that we heard in the comics. Mm. Um, so this week's Fuck, Mary Kill are not specific people, but they are specific types of people. Okay. So the Fuck, Mary Kill list is a Spidey Booster, <laughs> a, cr- a Crumb Bun, Crumb Bum, <laughs> Crumb Bum. Yes. <laughs> or a smooth talking tomato, which was a favorite of Ben Grimm's. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> oh shit. I was okay, hoping I'll... I was hoping to get to weigh in with my friend, my, my best friend Ned. <laughs> marry Ned oh, yeah. for sure. Maybe. <laughs> well you can you can we can write that down in the ledger that you would marry marry, marry Ned outside of <laughs> yeah, outside yeah, of yeah, any existing fuck marry. It kill. will be noted. Yeah. <laughs> Do we get um, that in the will okay, reflect? <laughs> Uh, I would kill the crumb bum. Wait a minute. 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 Wait. Oh, Can we I, define okay. what the fuck a crumb bum is? Is it someone who, who like ate a donut facing backwards too messily and got crumbs all over them? <laughs> someone who hasn't prepped. Oh. <laughs> Whoa. Well, they were too busy going to the comic store together. He didn't have any time. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh god. Um, okay, so you'd kill the crumb bum? Kill the crumb bum, fuck the spidey booster and marry the smooth talking tomato. Oh. That was well, so okay. Quick. Uh I I kill I mm, Yeah, we got to kill the crumb bum, don't we? Otherwise you've got to Otherwise you've got to You don't want to spend the rest of your life with a crumb bum. <laughs> I don't know that I agree about the fuck and the marry, though. Uh, I don't know. I could fuck I a f- smooth talking tomato for sure. Well, I mean, <laughs> we've talked about this before. Marriage doesn't rule out having sex with them after you're married. Uh, but like, but it doesn't I don't specifically know. include it as a, ma- you know, marriage no, is complicated, not specifically. Andrew. It is. It is complicated. But I, I feel like a smooth talking tomato might be able to get his way into my bed. But. I don't know that he'd stick around afterwards. And I don't know that I want somebody constantly smooth. You know what I mean? Like, do I, yeah, have, to deal with this, yeah. do I, do I have to deal with this jive turkey for the rest of my fucking life? This jive <laughs> turkey. Yeah. And so, like, I don't know. I feel like there might be kind of like a, a really supportive energy from a Spidey booster, you know, that I might want as a consistent force in my life more than just sure. a smooth like a Flash Thompson? tomato. Yeah. Sure. Like, maybe I can make him an Andy booster. You know what I'm talking about? Uh-huh, I, uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. Give me a booster <laughs> shot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm no crumb bum. <laughs> Andy, you are such a smooth talking tomato. Listen to you. I know the right words to say. Did you just get hot? <laughs> <laughs> Andy, you are you so have, hot right now. Andy, you legally have to tell me if you got hot. <laughs> <laughs> or it's entrapment. <laughs> <laughs> fuck well thank you so much for being here austin it was really fun uh we're gonna we're gonna banish you back to saturday morning tuesdays now uh, no <laughs> yeah and uh and as we say every single week by the omnipotent Oshtur, 
by the vapors of Valtor. Bye. 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 Bye.